This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm looking forward to this conversation. We were hoping to do this earlier this week, but we've got it set up for now. Uh, it's It sounds like, I mean, think of Star Trek, and I, we're not there, I understand that, but it, it sort of has those kinds of vibes about it. You ever watch Star Trek? You know how the doctor would just hold up that little thing that they had and it would be able to tell what's going on with whatever patient they're looking at? Well, okay, we're not there yet. We don't have... What's that thing called, Sarah? Do you know you're a Star Trek person, right? I'm not a Star Trek fan, but uh, Gordon Calgary saying what? Tricorder? Tricorder, yeah, the tricorder, yeah. And and the doctor just holds it up and and, and they know what's going on with you. Okay, so we don't have tricorders yet, but it's along those lines. uh, Researchers in California have found that our smartphones may be very powerful tools in diagnosing all kinds of neurological disorders. So to find out more about it, we have Colin Berry joining us now. Colin is an electrical and computer engineering PhD student at UC San Diego and the lead PhD student on this very project. Uh, Colin, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So basically what we're talking about here is using close-up pictures taken on smartphones of the eye. I mean, explain to us how, you, how your project works. Yeah, thank you. So um, what we're actually doing is recording videos. So what our clinical collaborators, uh, Dr. Eric Granholm at the UCSD Center for Mental Health Technology, they've shown some correlations between pupillometry, so measuring the pupil as it changes in response to some stimulus. They've seen correlations between that and some various neurological diseases. So what we're hoping to do is sort of try to take that technology out of the lab and into the homes of people where it can be used a little easier. Okay, so you, it's, is it, would it be a video of the eye then that, that monitors how the pupil changes, or is it a series of pictures? I mean, what exactly, how does it work? Great. So the way it would work is basically a video of the eye. And right now what, uh, what we're working with is only on certain smartphones. So we're using the facial recognition system. So you've seen newer smartphones, maybe you've seen a friend, you know, use their face to unlock their phone. Yeah. That same system has uh, certain types of cameras that record in non-visible light, so near-infrared light that you can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that same system can also be used to do uh, these pupillometry measurements, which record the eye, just a video. Um, and that is what allows us to do these pupillometry measurements that have been shown to have correlation with neurological disease. So the, the, I guess the work I have done so far is strictly just uh, validating the uh, validating the accuracy and usability of using smartphones for pupillometry. So what and kind of what we're can, go ahead? I'm just so what kind of um, disorders or diseases are you looking to die? I and mean, what kind of things can this detect? Do you think? So that's that's yet to be found, and um, I want to basically make sure to make it clear that we we have not made any uh, findings, especially with the smartphone on neurological diseases, what we're working at right now is uh, looking into mild cognitive impairment, which is a common precursor for sure. Alzheimer's disease and other related dementias. So that's, that's the focus of what we have done. Um, and there's a lot of other research coming out of uh, interesting uh, psychiatric institutes 
that have shown you know similar um, sort of correlation results with uh, pupillometry and things like Parkinson's and schizophrenia as well. Um, so I think all that is definitely relevant, but it's really important to recognize that so far all these things are group trends. So they show that a lot of the people have these attributes, and so a large uh, sort of um, interest in our research is using these group trends to make uh, individual findings. So basically, instead of showing that a group can do it, you can scan one person and say, can this person, can we identify this person as having risk for these diseases? It's fascinating. I mean, when you sort of, and like I understand we're in the infancy of this and this is just a study at this point, but what do you anticipate? Is this something like a home diagnosis, a do-it-yourself diagnosis setup, just using your smartphone? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, but the way that uh, I sort of envision it is more as just being able to expand the, the sort of health care that we have. Um, so it's not going to make doctors obsolete. You're not going to be doing these, you know, fully validated diagnoses by yourself at your home. What I think more than likely is you're going to be doing risk screening. So instead of having, which will sort of uh, allow doctors to manage more patients or nurses to manage more patients and care for more people. Um, so thinking about them, you know, managing many patients and they could be screening for this and then based on whether they or not they are at risk, they could go in and have these yeah. further validated tests that have been you know, rigorously validated by the, med- the medical community. Um, I think those will definitely still remain important in years to come. Very interesting work. Um, how hard is it to conduct this test? I'm wondering. I mean, you know, you're talking about people with cognitive decline and things like that. I mean, to do this sort of a test, is there any specific equipment that you anticipate being needed or any kinds of, you know, I mean, how do you think it might work that way? Um, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of possibility in terms of the equipment and usage. Well, when in our work, we did a usability study with older adults yeah. and many of them had you know, no prior experience with smartphones. Um, a lot of them hadn't used touchscreen devices very much and they were all able to, you know, use the device with a quick 15 to 30 minute zoom call figure out how to use the device, they could walk themselves through the app and record the, the data as, as we would have uh, hoped. So I think there's definitely um, a high hopes in terms of usability yeah. and being able to have people using these devices. Um, but, yeah, we, we hope to, to be able to validate the um, sort of the clinical side of it and making sure that there's going to be enough signal in these, in these measurements to, to use these uh, in the clinical manner. Sounds very, very cool. Great work. Uh, Colin, thank you so much for uh, giving us a little insight this morning. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. That is Colin Berry. Colin is an electrical and computer engineering PhD student at UC San Diego and the lead PhD student on this project.